good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast, episode uh, 236. Uh, we have the right. Yeah, it's a two, lot. Um, two times three equals six. This means this is going to be a magical episode full of numerology. That's, that's sure is true. Um, we have a lot of. Yeah, let me just whip that segment up, MJ. No problem. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, so we'll we'll dive right into it. Um, I do want to just throw out again, if you are interested in doing the Patreon, patreon.com slash the Daves I know. We are, we are in preparation planning to release a watch party podcast, hopefully recorded in the next few weeks here. Um, the Soccer Mom Madam movie, Lifetime movie from last year uh, is, our, is our, next, our, our next podcast. Oh, and boy. if you haven't seen the trailer for this, uh, maybe... You Google soccer mom, madam. Um, maybe make sure that you uh, are you're on a uh, uh, an unrecognized Chrome window or something. You know, um, incognito. Uh, NSFW. Yeah. Incognito mode. And um, but it's it's yeah. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, I saw Luke yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, and uh, he he's excited about it too. So we're we're trying to figure out a date here soon to record, and that will be a a Patreon only exclusive. So. If you are thinking about firing up your uh, um, firing it up again, patreon.com slash Davis. I know um, that's the easiest way to support us. So let's just jump in right away. Uh, San Jose earthquakes came to town. The TSL made Manzy motherfuckers. <laughs> what did I say? It was a uh, yes. I mean, overall, it was a, it was an interesting game. It was a chippy game. Um, the referee gave out a lot of yellow cards um, because one, he's like five two. Like right. if you. I, I figured it out while he was standing next to Dane St. Clair. <laughs> um, so let's just let's just jump right in. Um, Minnesota had the first decent opportunity of the game with mm-hmm. Reynoso um, had a, uh, a free kick that just skimmed the top of the net, just outside the box. Uh, thought it was going in for a second because he was on the they were on the opposite side from from the Wonder Wall. Looked like it went in, and then obviously it did go in. But it was a hell of a hell of a free kick. Like I was saying last week, he's going to score two or three of those for sure this year. So, uh, And then the next sort of great opportunity was for, again, Minnesota. Minnesota had all the opportunities, basically. There was one sequence where San Jose in the second half had a decent opportunity, but they didn't put actually any shots on net. Wait a minute. Um, Bearing the lead here, they had a great, sh- they had a great chance in the early f- first five minutes, like Minnesota always gives one up, where DeBossi didn't track his guy. Or no, DeBossi tracked his person. There was another person cutting in behind him. And the easiest thing would be to DeBossi to, to drop and for Coleman to pick up DeBossi's person that he was on. But that didn't happen. Yeah. DeBossi starting as the as a left back again. Um, 
And I don't mean so, to shit on him because he had a great fucking game. Yeah. But but that miscommunication with between Coleman, Debassi, and Trap gave San Jose their first really good chance. Okay, sorry. So they had two okay chances. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, from a non-technical perspective and purely an emotional adrenaline perspective, it felt like they had more chances than that in but maybe that's just because we were only up by one and forever yeah yeah i think the yeah game states definitely felt it felt because we hadn't we had plus i think also because we had so many opportunities and didn't capitalize on them for right. example in the, in the 23rd minute uh there is a uh a break sort of a uh minnesota was winning a lot of balls in the middle of the field which we we knew they would against san jose um, I think Lou makes a pass to Bongi. Bongi hits a great pass uh, to Amaria, who's running on mm -hmm. the right-hand side. And Amaria, um, I don't know. Mar well, Mar the goalie came so far forward, yeah, Amaria tried to, like, Yeah, Marcinowski came, came out, and um, and so he tried to chip him. I, I'm not sure that he, that he should have not tried to, to round him um, or, you know, try and – have him come out a little bit more and, and hit a pass to Bongi. Um, but he did try and chip him. It just went over the bar. It was a, it was a pretty decent chip. Um, it was, you know, top of the box. So it was not, it's not an easy chip for, by any means. Chips are, you know, by their very nature, not, not easy goals. And from that far away as well. So I'm not sure if that was the right decision. Um, how last that was what happened. Speaking of right decisions, I was debating on sending him like a bag of Pringles and a bag or a can of Pringles and a bag of Lay's just to emphasize that I wanted to work on his ships and you are totally you making might just me... think he's all that MJ you are totally making me rethink this David he he probably should have tried to dribble around him and if if Marcinkowski came out at him hard pass back to Bongi you know and if not he he goes around him and scores that would have been the better decision so I don't want to try to influence him on working on chips anymore I gotta figure out something else to be fair, I, that's something. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Jess. Because I had quite a good perspective of this from my seat. Uh, I feel like if he had tried to dribble around, he would have become offsides. And and yeah, he can't. No? He can't. He can't be offside if he has the ball. Um, in, oh. that, in that in that scenario, no. Uh, um, Bongi could be offside if Bongi's making the run. And he tries mm -hmm. to jump around him and Boggy runs past the ball, then he would be offside. So in that right. respect, you're you're right. But um, I don't know. I just I think, yeah. Anyways, well, let's not let's not dwell on that because nine minutes later he scores a goal um with an absolute ex amazing finish. Um Reynoso plays the ball to Lude, who drives forward again on the right hand side, uh, crosses it to the middle of the of the box. I don't know what the fuck. Calvo and uh, the other and Jackson Ewell were doing defending. They because no one was marking on Maria, um, and he has to finish it. He finishes it with, with his uh, left foot. Um, it was a it was a tough finish. It was it was by no means an easy an easy goal. Um, but Amaria um, gets the gets the first goal. Gets the only goal, as a matter of fact, for for the, the game for Minnesota United. And it was one nothing Loons in the thirty second minute. His second goal second goal of the year. So. He just owes us what 20, 20 more goals now. That's what, 21, I, that's what I yelled. Exactly what I yelled. I was like, "Listen, your tab's still open, buddy." I um, really uh, like the, this Reynoso Lude Amaria chemistry that's 
being created. And yeah, maybe we'll get to this later, but I think Bongi is going to fit in well. Oh, man. Offering, offering something different than those other three. It's like they have different skill sets, but if they can get on the same page, attacking magic will happen. We will score more goals, I think. Yeah, we saw. We saw we saw a little bit. We'll talk about we'll talk about Bongi when he's talk about the second half because he had a really great opportunity in the second half. Um, four minutes after the goal, uh, Lude with another uh, uh, great pass to Amaria, um, who was wide open, uh, had a shot. He shot right at Marcinowski, right at Marcinowski's chest. So it was a pretty easy save uh, for the Quakes goalkeeper. Um, and then the forty third minute, uh, Francisco Calvo uh, stomped on Robin Lude's foot. Um, the referee played advantage to minnesota uh came back and gave a cowboy yellow card and then um it actually went to var they check and they did not determine if it was clear it was a clear and obvious error Rewatching it i think that easily could should have been a red card but you know i'm also uh, a little biased yeah i think your cowboy hates coming out a, a little much here i i would like to think that calvo is intelligent enough to know that robin lude likes to score with his left foot and he was deliberately studs going studs at his left ankle to target his his scoring foot but i don't think cavo is one that aware and two i don't think he's to be honestly that mean um uh he's an asshole but i don't think he's going to target Lude's left foot i do think that cavo is clumsy and late and in that, in that he's case just, he's just reckless yeah so and i don't know exactly the qualifications of going from a yellow to a red it seemed more like a yellow card to me but it was it was horrible he deserved yeah. that yellow also we get into the uh halftime uh minnesota up one nothing uh in the second half um again just lots of Lots of really chippy fouls, um, some terrible, <laughs> terrible giveaways by um, uh, San Jose. Um, poor defending out of the back from San, you know, playing out of the back from San Jose. Um, in the 64th minute, uh, uh, Bongi has a, a, a really amazing give and go. He gets easily into space, 10 yards. Uh, the ball kind of bounces around. So it's, it is kind of uh, rough on San Jose because the ball kind of, you know, uh, ping pongs around, but he keeps making a run and that's what you got to do and has a ball. He's about 10 yards out from the goal um, and had a shot just saved by Marcinowski. He had a great shot. It was just, a, he didn't put it far enough um, to Marcinowski's right, the, the left, uh, the left post. So definitely should have been his first goal. Um, possibly, no, possibly should have been a second goal. He had an opportunity in the first where it was really great too. Um but yeah, that was right in front of the Wonderwall. It would have probably broken um, Minnesota United Twitter if Bongi, when Bongi scores, um, right. South Africa is going to come destroy Minnesota United's Twitter, which is awesome. Um, we can't wait. But yeah, this is maybe a really great opportunity, MJ, to talk because the we have a the next minute we have a um, great opportunity. So let's maybe give Bongi some love right here if you if you want. On on the give go. I'm just him generally, his play and, and his, his connections. So fun to watch. I had the opportunity, just uh, thanks to Michael, who I know from Dark Clouds and Dark Clouds Silver Lining, for giving me a ticket to this game. And I got to, 
stand in the Wonder Wall next to Minnesota football shows, Eric Silva Brenneman, who's been a guest on this pod. It was really fun because he and I see different things and notice different things about the game. And he called it chaos energy and that Bongi brings us chaos energy. I just think that's such a great phrase. So credit to Eric. I'm pretty really. Uh, that I think that's exactly that captures exactly what I mean when I say he's so fun to watch. Like yeah, he is easily. He, he like that's just his style, and like I used to, I'm not used to watching it so much yet that I like trust him with it. I'm like I'm still like. <gasps> um, but I hope to become very, very familiar with his uh, chaotic uh, success on the pitch. Yeah, even his uh, his pass in the first half was uh, it, it just it was a great pass because it it, um, it it obviously it sprung Amaria, but it was just past the the outstretched foot of the defender, and so it took the defender completely out the one the, the last back defender, so he couldn't even turn and run. Um, which is why when I think back to that goal, I think Amri that after that opportunity in the 23rd minute that uh, Amaria should have probably tried to, to round the keeper as opposed to ch- trying to chip him. Um, and he, yeah, it's, he's, I think Bongi is going to be MJ to your point earlier. Uh, if he can connect with uh, Lou, Amaria and Reynoso um, will just be an absolute game changer on sort of the left-hand side there. So and can play up and can play through the middle as well. So um, cool. So I right, literally the next minute, uh, we have the ensuing corner kick, um, ball bounces out to, I believe, uh, the goalkeeper, uh, punched it out and Loon does this crazy, crazy kick where the ball just is started looping. Um, the, the keeper, which should have been easy safe for the keeper, but the keeper had rushed out to punch the corner. Um, and so he had to rush back to, to get the goal and all, all he could do was to punch it over the net for another corner Nothing came of it, obviously, but um, it was it, watching it on replay. It was just you're amazed that he was able to even get his foot on the ball and let alone put it on frame. I just want David, David, who is a great wrestling and MMA mind, but initially called this a crane kick, which would be from Kung Fu. And this was not a Kung Fu kick. This was more like a Muay Thai downward roundhouse. And okay. if you don't know what oh, that is. Oh, as a resident Asian who should know. <laughs> yeah, who's who stereotypes if, now? If MJ? you have not watched, <laughs> for those of you who are martial arts fans or action movie fans, if you've not watched Ong Bak Thai Warrior yet, please go ahead, just find where, whatever streaming service that is on, watch Ong Bak Thai Warrior, and look for these uh, very downward, coming down over the shoulder of the head roundhouse kicks. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, my wrestling was uh, folk-style high school wrestling and, and folk-style collegiate wrestling. I was never much into the – I never really much got into MMA or anything like that. So that's Eric Silva Brenneman's uh, wheelhouse, basically. But he's not mm-hmm. on the podcast tonight, so. Fuck him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eric's, I, Eric's I great. No. Uh... <laughs> okay. And then, uh, you, Eric. Um, again, this is – I think this is right around when – the Quakes had their decent opportunity in the second half with the ball just going wide of the net. Again, nothing for Dane St. Clair to really have to do. Uh, and then the 93rd minute, Minnesota has an opportunity. And this is just why I think we were, we were 
uh, you know, worried all game, even though just watching, I don't know if you watched the replay or the, um, the highlights, it's a four minute highlight package. And there's like one San Jose highlight on it. It's all Minnesota. It was yeah. all Minnesota the entire game. Uh, but the 93rd minute, uh, there's a Frank, uh, Frank Payne breakaway, um, basically two on O and uh, the ball's easily saved again. Uh, Marcinowski comes running out and Frank Payne is uh, just gets, gets the ball taken out from underneath him. So um, no almond cream in this game, uh, but we did yeah, have some Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because I'm starting to feel like we're seeing a pattern here. And, like, there was a guy in Section 34, you know, I'm in 35, and he was saying when he put in Dunlady, he's like, the, the, the fan was like, why are you putting in Dunlady instead of Unu, and then I corrected his pronunciation because he actually said a hard H because um, oh. I can't help myself, and <laughs> um, it was reflexive. And then I was embarrassed, and then I realized he didn't really hear me anyway. Um, but I kind of concur with his sentiment. Like, where's where is Unu on the bench of shame? Um, well, this is what we refer to as, yeah, uh, Adrian Heath's doghouse. Um, right, he must yeah. have uh, had also, taken, taken Mrs. Heath to bed or something and uh, got caught. Um, so, on the flip side, David Zeller has previously accused someone like Abu Dhamadi obviously having compromising pictures of Adrian Heath so that he's getting more playing time. And, and, and that is not only an MJ Anon take. That is definitely a, a Zeller Anon take on this situation. Zeller Anon. <laughs> I, I, I uh, know nothing of that, MJ. I cry the um, day. I'll say this about Denmati. He almost got an assist. He had a really nice pass into the box and he towards the end of the game, and we almost scored on it. He did, Maybe. and he, he he almost also almost cost him the game with a giveaway, too. So, <laughs> I mean, potato, potato. Uh, easy go. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple other interesting things I wanted to uh, um, <laughs> to talk about uh, in this game. Um, so obviously Minnesota wins one nothing. Uh, we go to at the time we went up to the second place in the Western Conference uh, after the weekend. We sit in third place in the Western Conference uh, with eight points um, after four games. So a two point two point per game pace, which is really that's like supporter shield level. If you can maintain that all year. That yeah. person running for the supporter shield. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a second here. But uh, there's two two really great things that, uh, and we'll start with the the Minnesotan. Um, so if, if you follow uh, Waki on Twitter, W A T T K E, he underscore. takes these underscore. Sorry, um, I I, I retweeted it uh, from uh, my from Texas Zeller from that handle. So if you want to go take a look at this, he makes these videos of like just Concacaf shithousery. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's amazing. And so there's a moment in the game. I can't remember when exactly this was, it was, it was probably later in the game, probably in like the 80th or, uh, or so minute, probably later than that. Even, um, Ariaga has the ball on the sideline and, uh, he like touches it out of bounds. Um, referee blows the whistle and the flag goes up and, and basically kind of like sees the guy running, uh, from, uh, San Jose to like, to come to the ball, uh, mm -hmm. to pick it up, to throw it. And so, he, so what he does is he kind of runs up to the ball and reaches down like he's going to pick it up to like toss it to him. And he kicks it with his foot away from the guy. 
towards the ref. Towards the ref. It's tw- it's about 20 second uh long clip and the and Joaquin narrates it and he calls it the minute. And Yule then pushes him. Yeah, and then Yule, yeah, Yule then piss, gets pissed off, and, which is great because it's a Minnesota kid. Um and yeah, it's just it's fantastic. He narrates it. He's got a very like uh kind of almost drab voice, but it, it does it doesn't give it justice to how how hilarious the video is. But it is like, some great Honduran CONCACAF shithousery. The most CONCACAF moment of the game. To a novice, you see this, and it looks like, oh, he's trying to pick it up with his hands, and then he just accidentally kicks it with his foot. And yeah. we all know, those of us that know, we, we know. <laughs> it was I not a kind, of, kind of a rag doll, like, oh, I'm just yeah. leaning over this far to touch my toes, and my arms are hanging. I can't wait to teach my child how to do this uh, in a few <laughs> years. Um, Get just, in the box I'm, and fall down. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then the other the other bit of uh, of, of shithousery was uh, Amaria's Minnesota goodbye, um, kind of pretending, feigning ignorance about being taken off the pitch near the end of the game. So I just I, I just love when when players are like, "What? Oh, me? You want you want me to come up? You sure? Like not that guy? Me?" So it's it was great. Again, on the Eric Silver Brenneman noticing things I didn't, he points out to me that as he's going off the pitch. He's doing it so slowly. The ref is threatening to give him a yellow card. Mm-hmm. He's threatening to card Calvo. And as he's reaching down and raising a hand up as if he's going to card him, he wastes, Reynosa wastes more time, turns around, gives him a high five, and then leaves a pitch. I didn't catch that. Uh, that's awesome. I did, not, I did not catch that. So, <laughs> yeah, again, oh, fan- fantastic. Thank you, Eric. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's do our Freddie Adus and Jess's post-match hot or not review. Um, let's start with the Freddie Adus. Uh, and MJ, why don't you why don't you start with uh, your both of your both of your adus? Both of my adus. Yep. So my good Freddie goes to Sonny Dotson. This is not to say that uh, Dame Sinclair's clean sheet, which was fucking amazing, even though he didn't register any shots, he had two crosses that he had to just jump out and grab, and. If he wasn't there, maybe they would have scored. So St. Clair had a great game. We've already talked that Debassi had a great game. But I feel like Dotson's getting a lot of criticism. And he had a couple threatening dribbles into the box that just the pass didn't go through to where he wanted it to. He played really solid defense. He had to play two different fucking positions after being at right back and then moving into the more natural midfield role. And I thought he played fucking phenomenal. If you look at the small things that he does with and without the ball, I thought he played great. Not showy, not bongy, but he was great. So that's my good Freddie Adu. Cool. My my shitty Freddie Adu goes to referee Pierre-Luc Lozier. And Pierre-Luc Lozier, earlier this month, Cincinnati versus DC United. He gives out two yellow cards and one red card. Where was the fuck that control of the match in this game? Let it get way out of hand. On both both teams, we were, we were both doing shithousery things. Both teams were fouling, doing things. And he's giving Trap a yellow card early for a shirt tug. And I'm like, okay, you're laying down the law early. Yellow card for the shirt tug. That seems really harsh. But then if you continue on this, then things harsher than the yellow shirt tug, like a studs up, you know, tackle 
played Stomp. Uh, yeah. Which I normally I think that's a yellow card, but I think Bridget McDowell pointed out, given what he was giving as yellow cards early in the game, this is a step up. So nice try on controlling the game early and being tough, but really, really just lack. I mean, way more lax on discipline than I am with my nieces and nephews. Pierre <laughs> um, Luke. Yeah. Um, so he gets my shitty pretty do. No, that's a that's a good one. Um, I will go with um, Matisse Almeida just not giving a shit uh, anymore. It's clear that the man he wants out of San Jose, and he clearly just doesn't fucking care. Uh, except Jack Newell starting as a right center back. Um, he's giving Frankie Calvo um, actual uh, meaningful minutes, um, and we and we own uh, uh, Matias Almeida. I think he's 0-5 and two against us, but there's only two draws coming last year, so. Um, it's uh, I appreciate him just not giving a shit when he plays, especially when he plays Minnesota. So that's your and good then, ado? That's my good ado, yes. <laughs> and then my shitty Freddy ado is uh, is uh, Frank Payne. Um, man, I mean, you gotta, you can't, you can't miss that that one in the 93rd minute. Um, I didn't, you know, he obviously he was he's been hurt. He came in as a sub late in the game. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody, I mean, you could have you could have easily said Dunlady for this just because, yeah, he almost. Uh, almost coughed up a really good scoring opportunity. I don't think there's anybody particularly like egregiously bad. Um, so it's just like the worst of the, you know, of the worst, which is again, not, not too many players. So, so that's mine. Uh, Jess, hot or not review. What you got? Well, I had a listener submission actually slash co-host submission in our friend Calvo. So I started there. Not hot. Calvo. In fact, without more outrageous hair, I had a hard time even keeping track of him on the pitch. Hot. Gregus. Did I yell at him for being too handsy? Yes. Did I like yelling at him for being too handsy? Not. Tanner Beeson's fro. I should have known he hails from Winston-Salem, North Kakalaki. <laughs> but watching Beeson frantically flail about to signify his openness and willingness to take a pass for the second half, not. Dunlady instead of Unu, that is all. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So um, so we, as we pointed out, we have uh, uh, eight points through four games, uh, no losses. We're one of only, I believe, seven teams in the league that don't have a loss at right, right now. However, <clears throat> six teams, okay. Um, however- Poorly lost this weekend. Okay. Um, I thought there's four in the Western Conference and three in the Eastern Conference. So um, I could be mistaken. I just probably wasn't looking at things correctly. However, um, we haven't scored a ton of goals. As a matter of fact, we've only scored one goal a game. Um, we've also given up a goal in the, in the two draws and, and obviously one zero wins for the last two matches. So I think it might be, it might behoove us just to spend a few minutes and figure out like what this means. Um, has Minnesota you know, have a new identity? Um, are we playing differently? Um, 
and have you we know, ever had an identity like i feel like we haven't we i don't know i don't know when how we, when we had darwin Quintero, miguel ibarra and christian ramirez and Heath actually let them play at the same time and they were mm -hmm. clicking we had a definite counter-attacking energy we did not Heath wanted to have a more possession slow patience possession slow build um short pass and we definitely had a more once we got the ball direct try to go at them energy and we have seen a shift over the last few years into trying to be more a possession based i would say when 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 ozzy alonzo and Ike Parra first came it was definite that we are a defensive first mentality identity where we were going to try to grind out games. Maybe we don't score a lot, but it's gonna be really hard for you to score without Aikopara back there. We now have a seem seemingly new defensive focus and new defensive base caused by injury or otherwise. I am, I love this. I mean, I know, David, you're probably more, you wish we could win every game six to three or five to four or something. Uh, like more goals. I certainly do. What the but, fuck, man? I'm a goalie. I, I don't want to, I don't want us to give up goals. Oh, sorry. So... For, sorry for putting words in your mouth. I, I love low scoring soccer. It's, it's, to me, it's, it means both sides are playing better defense. And it's harder for the other team to score. Sometimes you have two really inept offenses, but I think the loons, the offensive scoring will click, and if it doesn't, I don't see us not being able to continue this sort of defensive intensity, defense first, not making it really hard for other teams to score. So, I think you're I think you're partially onto something there, MJ, or you're partially on something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what are you saying? What 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 what? I don't. I don't think we, uh, I don't know if our identity has changed. I think we definitely are still trying to be a counterattacking team um, more so on the road. I think it, when we're, when we're at Allianz, we definitely try to be more um, control more of the possession. Um, I think what we're seeing is we, cause we've played, I mean, San Jose sucks and, and they will suck this year, but you know, the first three games were against, um, you know, pretty good teams. Um, yeah, I mean, New York is is near the top of the West Eastern Conference. Nashville um, and um, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is also at the, near the top of the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. Nashville is near the top of the Western Conference. So it's not like we're playing. It's not like we're Austin and we're we're kicking the shit out of Inter Miami and you know Charlotte or whatever um, or FC Cincinnati. I can't remember which which of those two teams they played. Um, Charlotte. But, yeah. Um, so I think no. we have a. Cincinnati, because I confuse them with Clit FC. Yeah. Um, so what we've identified, what you've identified is that we are focusing on being a better defensive unit, which normally when we've had Minnesota United teams, you know, maybe not in the last couple of years, but the for, obviously for sure those first couple of years, if the, the starters were out, the entire like the entire level of the defense dropped which is already not great and dropped even cons more considerably we now have a defense that is that is more stable more solid um and the pieces that are coming in that to replace the pieces that are missing i mean you also got to remember we have, haven't had chase gasper or romain metnir 
for any of these games, right? So our two starting and one of them I miss more than the other. Yeah, four different Uh, lines, right? Yeah, we've had four different back lines. Has it been? No, I think this would have been. No, yeah, you're right. Because dot, because it was, um, because yeah, it was wasn't dot dots and wasn't for the first two games. Yeah, four different back lines. Um, you've had a goalkeeping change. Um, that was you know obviously necessitated by uh, the birthday flu. Um, but it's been great. So like that in the past for Minnesota has been a, a harbinger of doom for giving up goals, whether at home or on the road. But I think the entire collective of players has been lifted up, right? So, you know, that rising tide lifts all boats kind of metaphor. Yeah. So we have a better base, which means, you know, when, when we have to bring in and, and you know, change out lineups, um, at bring in players. Um, I think we're, you know, Kamar Lawrence, we'll talk about here in a, in a minute, is going to be a huge boon for that and lifting up what we can get out of our left back position. So, because we can move Debassi back to the left center back. Um, which makes our back line better. So like there's, there's, we're in, so we're seeing Minnesota actually adjust and do things that they need to do. The thing that I'm stuck on is the, just is the four goals, right? Um, we've had so many great chances uh, in mm-hmm. all these games, doubly, I mean, especially in the San Jose game, we had, you know, we just couldn't finish. And that was the, um, cause even last year, our defense wasn't terrible. We just could not finish. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, the, the narrative that I'm the most uh, concerned about because if that is carrying over, um, you know, you could play like as, as well as you as possible, but goals are going to go in. Like there's going to be a fluke. Um, I mean, even good teams will have like a, you know, an, a crazy weird own goal that, you know, gets in. And if we can't score, we're going to lose a We'll lose a lot of games one to nothing as opposed mm-hmm. to, to winning a lot of games one to nothing. So that is where I guess I'm, I'm frustrated with the new identity or, or whatever this, I don't even know if it's a new identity, but whoever this identity is with Minnesota. So this new facet of our personality that we're trying on. Compared to last season, where we did lose those games. The first four. Well, and, you know, yes, at Seattle for nothing, but at home to Real Salt Lake, one to two. At home to Austin, zero to one. Those were close games where we played good defense and we mm-hmm. lost those. And mm-hmm. I would say that more than Bongi and Amaria improving our offense, which they have, mm-hmm. I would say that the defensive depth or the defensive intensity and, and awareness, the, those close games at home that we lost, we're, we're winning those games now. Yeah. So uh, that's why I say, even if, our scoring, it looks like our scoring is going to improve. Our attacking chemistry will improve because we have so many of these great chances. I don't think we had a lot of those great chances in those first four games last year. Not going to go research that. But I think the scoring will come. And even if it doesn't, the defense looks good. And and you, everyone knows I am a, I don't know, a, a picky uh Paul when it comes to uh defense I lay into them like n- nobody else because they're not positioned right they're not watching the place that they're supposed to be watching they're looking at the ball it looks better and how much of that is Sean McCauley Adrian Heath uh how much is that is our players how much of that is is Captain Will Trap I don't know 
Well, speaking of the players, um, we can kind of, I think, transition over to other United news. Um, Bakai Debasi was named to the team of the week bench. Uh, this is his Woo! second team of the week. His first, his first time, first one he was on was I think two weeks ago when he was on the, he was on the actual team and this week he's on the bench. So that's great. Um, that means Minnesota's had a player on either the, the, the starting lineup or the bench for three of the first four weeks. I don't believe we had anybody uh, on the first week um, if I'm not mistaken. So um, we also had uh, news that came out uh, like later in the week that uh, Chase Gasper voluntary, voluntarily entered the uh, MLS substance abuse and behavioral health program. Um, we don't know the reason why, like there's, they don't have to tell us. Um, we know, we do know obviously that he had, uh, the concussion early on, uh, or in towards the end of, uh, of, uh, of the, um, preseason. Um, so we don't know if it's, if it's related to that and if he's How having would it some, be related to that, if he's having, um, some depressive, you know, you know, potentially if he's like some suicidal well, thoughts or things like that, that could be behavioral health. We don't know basically what it is, is we found out that. Um, Brett Coleman was had to go through the same program when he was fought when he was caught with the steroids, right? We knew that we knew exactly why he was in the program. We don't know because Chase entered it voluntarily. Um, if it's drug related or if it is, um, you know, depressive thoughts or, or suicidal thoughts or things like that, I don't think we should speculate. Obviously, um, it could be um, lots of different things. There's lots of reasons why he could be entering that program. Um, they're not all necessarily. Uh, Bad. And this is also the program, I think, too, that you go in if, like, you're in, like, a domestic abuse thing um, with that <clears throat> sporting Kansas City player who was gambling on games entered the program last year. So, like, it's this is a big – it's a it's a weird, it's, it's, it's a bad it, it name. It could be a dual diagnosis. It could be behavioral right. health and substance abuse, or it yeah. could just be substance abuse, or it could just be behavioral health, which is it's, why I didn't really like the announcement – because everyone assumed, uh, like on the twits, like, you know, it takes a warrior to admit you need help. And, and I'm all for encouragement, don't get me wrong, but like, you should encourage someone for checking into, you know, mental health services as well. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's a, it's a more acceptable narrative to say you know the the treatment narrative right like what's well, yeah but it's it's possible that's what it is too that i mean it, that's it what is, i say but uh, if it is then they're not like then i get 12 steppy about it like yeah they anonymity. don't have to they don't yeah they don't have to like, say why um i wish they didn't say of, anything it just feels gross yeah i, I don't want to know there is that's 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 a that's a great point um you know I don't, it, but yeah every, like but people i don't are going to but people are going to people are going to speculate well why is he not back is he is he is it another ecopara situation where is it a 28 day program so like they did yeah we, they, we don't know we don't know we the public does has no idea what the i mean all we know is that he has to go through an assessment and he can't be he can't come back until that assessment has been done and then whatever things he needs to do to to, to get through that so that that is all that is all that they've told us that's all that the public knows about this mj yeah what I like about the large umbrella and all the unknowns and everything that goes into this behavioral health and substance abuse program is that for whatever legal reasons or news media press release reasons, we have something that is, this is not a physical injury and this person is not being 
necessarily in the doghouse. They're not being played because of coaching decisions. That's not the reason why they're not getting starting time. But a large umbrella thing that we can say, hey, this is why this player is unavailable. And guess what? You don't get to know any more information unless the team or the player uh, reveals that. It, yeah, it, I just they think have about the like, privacy to, to whether they want to say this is drug related, this is gambling related, this they is mental health related. They get the choice. FMLA, like, like if somebody goes on FMLA at a corporate job, you—that's all you know. You don't know if it's their problem, their family member's problem. You don't know anything. All you know is that they are on FMLA leave, and there's a certain amount of that that's paid. I. I would think, I would hope that our players can have that kind of support and anonymity and privacy. I, I just, I just don't like knowing. So you would like yeah. the umbrella to be larger, to be like a yeah. family medical. I don't lead. want to know. I just want to know yeah. that that he's taking care of himself. Like that's. Yeah. That's, I mean, honestly, I understand what you're saying, Jeff. And the problem is it's, it's, this is much, a much different situation um, in regards to, cause it's, it's a professional sport. Um, it's, you know, they're outward facing when you're in, like internally in a company. Like, yeah. You, you don't want people to know that this, him saying that he's going into this shows us, tells us that he's getting the help that he needs. And that's all we need to know. We don't need to know the reason behind it. Why? Unless, you know, unless it was he but was it hurting somebody an else. Expectation. Well, that's, that's what I was trying to say. The, the name of the program is is not great in terms of like giving you um, it try, then people inferring what's or and speculating about what the problem is. You know, is he is he addicted to cocaine? Is he got a gambling problem? Whatever. You know, the the name of the program is, is what sucks here. Not that he's in it. Not that he had to announce it because we want. You know, I think it's important for us to know that he, he's out. He yeah. At MJ's point that he's not out for you know. Adrian Heath hates some reasons that he's not out because you know he's I can got a concussion that. issue. So that's that is why I think the, the name of the program sucks, and um, they should just they try try well, to figure out a different way to talk about it. Like, and and it's 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 like not an actual like is it an actual proper noun program or are they saying a behavioral health? You know, like yeah. it's just it's. I think the official name is like the Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program. I think I I think I misconflated the two um or swapped them around in when I put our outline together. But that's all it says. So again, I've we've seen them both ways. Okay, we've spent way more time way way more time on this than I wanted to. So let's move on because again, I don't want to speculate. We don't want to. We don't want to. You know, I, we I and I think we all agree that we want him to be getting um, any help that he needs. And this is what this is the the first. I mean, the first of probably I'm assuming. Lots of different steps, um, not 12, hopefully. Hopefully it's like, whatever, but um, well, yeah. Well, so. <laughs> it could be 12, whatever. Be 12. Yeah, um, you never know. So, okay, moving along, um, sort of tangentially related to this, uh, ML, Minnesota United <laughs> uh, made a trade for uh, left fullback, uh, Kamar Lawrence, who had not has not played um, at all for Toronto. I think he sat out their preseason. He's been trying to get... Uh, Trying to get traded um, out of get out of Toronto for for a little while. Um, MJ, what did we what did we give up to get uh, Kamar Lawrence? Speaking about doghouses, this guy's obviously in Bob Bradley's uh, doghouse, and he's not the only one. They have turned over a lot of their roster since Bob Bradley came to town. He's Got like their first he, win this weekend. 
these players aren't going to fit my system. They're not going to do what I want them to do. So I want new players. And so this is part of that plan for Toronto. We only gave Toronto our second round pick who we did not sign to a contract. We gave him the rights to, to Sean O'Hearn. I think he's doing well for, I think he was playing for the New England Revolution too. I think so. Oh, yeah. Like so I think he's playing well there, but like we give, Toronto the rights to that player and depending on how Kamal Lawrence performs which I assume mostly has to do with how many games he plays and how far we get in MLS Cup or something like that um, maybe there's some goals or assists or some sort of thing but I'm mostly thinking it's health how many games he plays 50,000 in conditional GAM which is nothing I'm sorry no the, the 50,000 in GAM and rights to Sean O'Hearn is practically nothing. And it fills a hole that we need to fill. He might be horrible, okay? I might change, but 2018 Defender of the Year with New York Red Bulls, helped the Red Bulls get two supporter shields, had some time in the top division Belgian League. Sounds like a good fit for us. Sounds like something we can make work. Yeah, um, Jamaican international. I don't think he got called up for the, the last uh, World Cup qualifying cycle, but he is a he's been a regular on the Jamaican international team. So it is it is basically the equivalent of nothing. I think a lot of people when they heard first heard this trade was happening late last week were worried that Dane St. Clair was going to be going the other way. And I was like, what? there's no way in there's no way in hell you trade Kamar Lawrence or Dane St. Clair. So there was just people were worried about it. I was just like, no, 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 this is going to be Canadian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um okay <laughs> well in toronto yeah um that have to anyways, do with anything playing you know toronto you're Canadian. Born? He's, he's you're toronto they're happy i thought he was happy tell us if you're unhappy dane i'll bet <laughs> you're right dane said uh, i was born in pickering ontario it would be it would be him going home so that's i used why. to work with the pickering public library okay I know you're impressed. <laughs> All right. A couple of uh, very small bits of news. MLS uh, Next Pro, which is the team that, or the, the league that Minnesota United FC2 will be playing in. Um, none of their matches are going to end in ties, which is. Uh, what? 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 They're going to, yeah, they're going to have p penalty kicks um, after the standard penalty kicks. The problem is I'm okay. I'm, I'm generally okay with like, with a lower division doing something slightly different. But if you're going to do fucking penalty kicks, you have to do the old school NASL slash early version MOS penalty kicks where you start at midfield and the goalkeeper can, can run out at you. Not these spot kicks that we do for every other um, knockout competition. So and then how this will work, too, is basically um, if you match engines in a tie, each team gets a point and then whoever wins the shootout gets an, extra, an additional points. And if someone wins the match and they get three points. So going to do hockey, almost hockey style rules, which. Again, I it sucks. So let's we never speak of Minnesota United FC two ever again. As if they could get further absurd. This yeah. next pro, there's no numbers attached, <laughs> but MF MNUFC two does not it's not it's not like MLS next two pro. Pro two. No, no. There's no correlation. There's no formatting. It's just ludicrous. Just welcome just, to 
Welcome to MLS, Jess. This is, uh, this is what they do. This is Just what they do. Let, let, me, let me explain the English pyramid naming system to you sometime. <laughs> more bananas. Let's not. We don't have the time. Uh, moving on. Uh, five loons were called up for international duty. Uh, Dane St. Clair got the Canada call up, which is great. Um, if they clinch, there's a, there's an, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a non-zero possibility. He might get a game if they clinch their, um, if they clinch qualification in that first, uh, first or second match. Robin Lude get called, get calls up to a couple of internet, uh, friendly matches with Finland. Uh, Joseph Rosales and Kervin Ariaga got called up into the Honduras, uh, team, which is playing in the, uh, I think they actually play Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're knocked out they're, They can't qualify for the world cup, but. It's nice. Joseph Rosales has not gotten a cap for Honduras yet, so it'd be really cool if he gets a cap in this uh, this window. And then Bongi gets a call for South Africa. Um, he's been, yeah, they're playing some friendly. They're fucking Bongi. friendly. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they didn't qualify for the knockout round for their for Afcon. So you're taking um, our Bongi yeah. away halfway yeah. across the world for friendly? friendly. Yeah. Why do you do that? Because he's. A, a good player and he want you they i don't know stop complaining during league play stop complaining guys come on these are international calls these are awesome okay uh mj tell us for him <laughs> yes he needs to build chemistry with his south african teammates Bafana well i Bafana. hope he gets to visit his mom Bafana Bafana. i hope he does yes. well okay mj tell us a little bit about the uh blackout collection too from the black players for change this is files under hashtag MJ late to everything. I meant to bring this up two weeks ago. In 2020, uh, a lot of black players in MLS came together to create black players for change. This was not just an organization in name only. They are working on education. They are working on justice and court issues. They are working on so many different things that have to, oh, uh, community outreach and and police community relations they have a lot of different buckets that these players are contributing to lat uh two years ago and last year they made these mls is black solidarity t-shirts you saw some of our players wearing them during warm-ups they sold those t-shirts and raised one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. So that's their big thing. That money went to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, 100 Black Men of America, and the Players Coalition, which was founded by two Black NFL players, but goes across WNBA, NWSL, a lot of professional Premier Lacrosse League. It, it goes MMA. So that the money went there for those T-shirts. They also did this really cool thing where they took with partnering with adidas to black out kits that had other colors on them and change a few colors to make them black to highlight awareness for black players and black people across the, the world eight players uh signed up for that uh most notable was mark anthony k from lafc um and they donated all the money from those blackout kits to FC Harlem, a youth organization very similar to F, uh, FC Seoul Futsal in Minneapolis here, where they make soccer more affordable for Black and Latino players. 2022, 17 players 
that's over twice as many players now are agreed to have their kits blacked out. Um, they included not just MLS players from the NWSL, Amani Dorsey from Gotham FC, Crystal Dunn from Portland Thorns, one USL player from Oakland Roots, and then big names, Kellen Acosta, Sean Johnson, Jassy Zardes, and three loons. Sweet. Dane St. Clair, Sonny Dotson, and Ja'Cory Hayes all had their kits blacked out. Sweet. Uh, there is a great photo of them by a mural that has to do with George Floyd. I will post a link to that after David releases the pod. Uh, the sweepstakes are closed. What they do is they allow you to bid by donation. Every dollar you donate puts your hat for one, drawing one of these kits. I apologize that it's not closed. You can still donate blackplayersforchange.org slash donate if you want to give money to this cause. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> and you should, absolutely. They do a lot of great work. So uh, they were instrumental when, when we had the COVID um, tournament, uh, that very first game, all of the black players and coaches uh, stood around the pitch for the, the, uh, the amount of time that George Floyd was uh, had, you know, a, a foot on his neck. So it was, it was very, very powerful. So then mm -hmm. they're doing really great work. So, all right, finally, not to bring us uh, on a downer note, but uh, this was, I found this in a Andy Greeter story uh, today. Uh, Harrison Heath has joined the team as a as a scout. So they that was a they buried that lead. Um, the Minnesota United. So um, the man, uh, you know, I don't know. Listen, Harrison Heath. I've, everything I've heard about him is that he is a jerk, um, super entitled. Uh, I still, again, I wake up every morning to a picture of Harrison Heath getting a red card um, on my uh, uh, night table. Um, I don't have a picture of my wife there. I don't have a picture of my kids. I have a picture of Adrian Heath or Adrian Harrison Heath getting a red card at TCF Bank Stadium. So that's what I wake up to and go to sleep with to every night. So um, we'll I see. Definitely ben. threatened to start a riot in that game. He, he can't be. He can't be any worse as a, a scout than he was as a player. So there's at least there's that. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, some uh, Minneapolis City Open Cup. They're actually going to play in it. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back for the second half of the podcast. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, the first part, um, the Wonderwall um, said goodbye to Abe Apodi as uh, president uh, late last week. Um, I know he sounds like he's sticking around on the board, um, but he will no longer be president. Abe, if you don't know, if you if you've never met him, um, it's just a stand up, awesome dude. I've known him. I've known Abe for twenty six years. Um, we went to high school together. Wow. And, uh, we reconnected in uh, about about a decade ago, actually, at, at the Nessie. Um, watching soccer again. So it was really cool um, to see a, good, a friend of mine um, reconnect. And, you know, we've been, um, you know, you know we see all the things that he's gone through, see all the th changes that the dark clouds and then later Wonderwall. Um, he's been the only president of Wonderwall, as a matter of fact, until until uh, this past week. Um, so he really shepherded that organization from 
just getting started all the way through, um, you know, the transition to MLS, including the transition from Nessie to TCF and then TCF to uh, uh, Allianz. So if there's something cool that Wonderwall has done, um, Abe has probably been a part of it um, and <laughs> probably a significant part of it. So yeah, uh, he's on the Dark Clouds board. Yeah, he was president of the Dark Clouds board. And then when, the, when Wonderwall became a thing, he uh, ran Wonderwall. Um, so yeah, so if you see Abe in the stands um, anytime in the next you know month or so, make sure to, to you know give him a high five or shake his hand or give him a hug, um, and thank him if you if you want because uh, he's done amazing. You know the, we haven't always agreed on the the, the path. Imagine of things, that. But um, yeah, right. But he always has. He, I, I always knew um, whether we dis, we agreed or disagreed that he had the the best interest in. in you know, he was thinking about the organization as, as, as much as I was, um, and a lot of times more so. So he definitely had the best interest of Wonderwall as an organization and, and the supporter groups generally. Um, and most of the stuff is all stuff behind the scenes, working with the team, you know, all the Antifa stuff, the Wonderwall is heavily in, in making sure that, you know, we could uh, have the Antifa flag. Um, all that was stuff that is very not sexy, very behind the scenes and you hardly get any credit for it um, unless someone actually talks about it. So I just want to say, Abe, I really appreciate you as a friend, um, as who you know, as the person who's been the president of the dark clouds uh, and look forward to you being more involved in the, in this, in the, the, the section itself, as opposed to, you know, just being burnt out with soccer stuff. So very cool. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the, the work that you've done. As a fellow lover of bicycles and bourbon, Abe, I just want to say thanks. I know no one had to deal with supporter group wars more than you, and that's not an easy thing to do in Minnesota United supporter group uh, landscape. So you will be missed. You're a great togetherness person. You're a great compromise person. You listen, and you have good ideas. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Minneapolis City. They are playing in the Open Cup. What? Uh, for the first time in a long time, they were not kicked out of it. They, uh, they it was not postponed due to COVID. Not postponed due to COVID. There was, uh, yeah, it's and it's it's really great. They actually got a shout out on the Extra Time uh, podcast uh, today. They uh, Andrew Weeby shouted them out um, as you know, team that is, has a lot of a lot of history in, in the lower divisions and can't really catch a break when it comes to the Open Cup. So um, <laughs> that's happening this Wednesday, March twenty third, six p.m. to nine p.m. And if you want to watch, you can watch it on ESPN Plus if you want to watch the games. Um, all of the Open Cup games are actually going to be on ESPN Plus, uh, which is really cool. But if you want to hang out with uh, with a bunch of fellow uh, crows and citizens, Ninth uh, Street Soccer uh, over by the University of Minnesota is having a watch party with, um, with Minneapolis City and with the citizens. Um, MJ, tell us what's going to happen there. If you've never been to Ninth Street Soccer before, it's a really cool space. They have a little coffee shop. They have a really cool neon piece of art that's in the shape of a soccer pitch. And there's futsal, two foot, two small, like five on five futsal courts there. And so at 6 p.m., I assume will be the Minneapolis City Future Showcase, where you'll just, you'll just watch some of the young crows play against each other. And then the Des Moines Menace versus Minneapolis City Open Cup game starts at seven. There will be free Utapils beer there. 
And I don't know what else I can say that'll get you out to a watch party other than free Udupil's beer. And the Cafe Cafe Cairo food truck will also be there. Come to 9th Street Soccer on Wednesday. Have supper and beer with me and let's cheer on the crows. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try and go. It depends on what time my soccer. I have, I have a, a their last game of the of this season is on Wednesday, so I'm not sure when the hell that will be. But um, assuming it's, there's no conflicts, I might be. Able, I might have to leave at halftime or something. But I'll definitely try and, and swing by for um, a little bit. So, uh, all right. Um, in Minnesota Aurora news, uh, an email went out uh, earlier la- or you know, mid midweek last week. I believe April 9th, they're going to be doing a kit reveal at the, their, their kit reveal at the Minnesota, um, the Mall of America uh, in the Rotunda. So they'll have a kit reveal. Um, they'll have a the bunch of kits for sale, including um, the uh, primary and the secondary kits, as well as the uh, goalkeeping kit, which will, wow. all, which will be available for pur- purchase. I'm assuming They'll go online as soon as as soon as the the you know they're they're officially announced. So that's a Saturday. Um, I believe it's at 11 a.m. is when the reveal is, and then yeah, then you go buy the shirts in person if you want. So super cool. I'm not sure if they'll be able to do numbering and stuff there. I would I would I would assume so, but I guess that's a question I should can ask Wes later. So so yeah, April 9th. Uh, so in a couple weeks, and we'll if once they tell, tell us more information, we'll let you guys know. Uh, and then finally, we have some uh, international soccer. Uh, we have an international break. Um, there are, I think, a couple of MLS games this weekend, but Minnesota is not playing. They um, were smart and decided that they weren't going to play through international breaks because they have uh, some really important players that are <laughs> that are internationals. So uh, we, I just put a few things in here. So the CONCACAF World Cup uh, qualifying cycle will end uh, not this Sunday, Um but the following, but actually not this Wednesday, but uh, next Wednesday. Um, and the U.S. is going to know if they're in the World Cup or not by no later than next Wednesday at 10 p.m. So <laughs> uh, first match kicks off uh, on Thursday at 9 p.m. against Mexico at the Azteca. Um, MJ, what uh, what do we need to know about Minnesota, the U.S. and, and Mexico? I have been inspired by Jess's hot or not segment <laughs> to come with an MJ stats and facts segment. So USA versus Mexico is the biggest rivalry in CONCACAF. Sorry, Canada, you don't make the cut yet. Awesome. USA is in second place in the standings. Shitty. Mexico is in third only by a few goals. Awesome. <laughs> U.S. men's national team has beaten Mexico the previous three times. Shitty. The U.S. men's national team has never won at the Azteca in Mexico. They drew 1-1 the last World Cup qualifying in 2017. And then to end on a even shittier but positive note, shitty, Turner, McKenney, Dest, and Brendan Aronson are all injured. Awesome. Gio Reyna, back from injury, played 90 minutes for Dortmund on Sunday, looks healthy, and got an assist off the bench on Wednesday. Excellent. Yeah, should be a good game. The U.S. and uh, Mexico matches in Azteca are always great. Um, I will be at the Blackheart watching that game. So if anybody wants to come hang out at the Blackheart and watch U.S.-Mexico, 
could be really fun or it could be really sad. So we shall see. I'll be playing broom ball through the first half of that game. And then, okay. so yeah. That's my bedtime. Uh, <laughs> uh, Panama on Sunday. Uh, so that's the, the follow-up. I believe that game is in Orlando. Uh, that will be at 6 p.m. Uh, that's a really important game because the U.S. So Panama trails the U.S. by, I believe, four, po- four points right now. Um, so depending on what Panama does on Thursday, we could potentially clinch a World Cup uh, qualifying spot on Sunday. Mm. Um, if we may not clinch it, but we definitely want to beat Panama. We definitely need to beat Panama because um, Costa Rica is right behind Panama and we play at Costa Rica on Wednesday the 30th. Um, all four games that will kick off at the same time at 8.05 p.m. So <clears throat> no shenanigans. Hopefully we don't need anything from the Costa Rica game because we have not played Costa Rica in Costa Rica very well either. I don't believe we've ever won in Costa Rica as well. We've never won in Costa Rica either. So. More, stay tuned for more MJ stats and facts. <laughs> yeah, week. okay, we'll talk about that next week. But that's the that's the schedule. Three games here in the next uh, 10 days or so, nine days. Um, and we'll see. We'll have we'll have clarity. Uh, I, we technically might, may not have clarity because um, – if we finish because in really place, whoever does if we finish well if we finish in the top three then we are automatically we are, we are qualified for world cup if we finish in the fourth place then we have to play a one-off game in qatar in uh june i believe um against, that sounds treacherous against it's june 13th or 14th yeah this is the, the winner, winner of ofc qualifying that's yeah, uh, oceania. oceania yeah which are more than likely new zealand but um, Indiana it, Jones and the Temple of Qatar. That <laughs> is that match. Yeah. So if, if we win on if we w- win on Sunday, I think we're guaranteed to finish no worse than fourth, um, assuming that everything doesn't go. And we won't wrong. have to go to Qatar. No. If we if we finish in fourth, we'll have to go to Qatar. Um, oh. But depending on Costa Rica plays Canada uh, in Costa Rica on the first match on the on Thursday. Um, so we really want Canada to win that. So Costa Rica loses um, mm-hmm. and Canada automatically they'll qualify qualified and Costa Rica will have um, less points. We don't, the, the worst possible thing for this window would be Costa Rica having a nine point window um, and then pa- us losing to Panama because then we would potentially be knocked out of the World Cup uh, qualification entirely. So oh. we don't want a uh, we don't want a Trinidad and Tobago situation again. So Trinidad uh, and Tobago situation. Hell no. Yeah. Um, MJ, is there any other uh, international? I'm done. Oh my. I have, for those that know me, I have no reason to talk about the FA Cup. We don't need to talk about that stupid tournament. <laughs> uh, I'd rather talk about the what do you US mean? Open Cup and uh, the future of Minneapolis City, even though they'll probably get their asses kicked by Des Moines Menace this Wednesday. I am super MJ, happy that they can. Your mouth. I am super happy they get to play in an actual legit U.S. Open Cup match. This, this is super exciting. You're dooming them. I am not. I'm hyped. South Korea and Iran play a, a pretty important game in World Cup qualification on Thursday. It's not that important because they're already qualified. But yeah, right. for pride, for pride's sake, for yeah. pride, for pride, yeah. In the name of um, what else is there? Uh, yeah, so there's a. Uh, There'll be international friendlies um, as well as some of the uh, some of the World Cup qualifying. The um, both um, yeah, now I'm blanking on. Combable um, has World Cup qualification that starts as oh, well this Peru, week. Peru's got some big games coming up. Yep, and then um, there's uh, some semifinal uh, matches that are taking place for UEFA to see who goes through to um, the World Cup from Europe as well. So 
Italy and North, North Macedonia play on Thursday, Portugal and Turkey play, and then the winners of those games will play. So either Italy or Portugal is not going to go to the World Cup, which is um, kind of amazing. The Scotland-Ukraine game, um, Scotland-Ukraine and Wales-Austria um, were all in the same group as well. Um, Scotland and the Ukraine game is, is postponed, obviously, because of all the the shit that Russia is doing in, U- in like Ukraine. Like war? And, and yeah, and most of the players are are domestically based, so they they literally are not playing soccer right now. So Scotland agreed to postpone that match, and the Sweden and Czech Republic is also on uh, on uh, Thursday as well. So lots of international soccer. If you want to uh, you want to try and get out and watch stuff, I mean, it's obviously the, all the stuff in Europe is during the day, and then um, all the Comet Bowl and Concacaf stuff is in the evenings. So definitely check out. Is there any, any anything else that I'm missing, MJ? Just that the OFC tournament is just nuts because two teams america samoa and and samoa both withdrew before the draw tonga because of their lowly standing in the fifa rankings they were drawn into a play-in game just to see if they could make it and they didn't like that or they had COVID issues so they withdrew after the draw and then they also had like a volcano erupt in january in tonga yes oh Maybe that had something to do with it. Wow. Nice addition, Jess. And then, no problem. I only know because I was in Hawaii, which is relatively close. It is. After they started the tournament, you had two groups of four, right? Good numbers, even, mm-hmm. eight teams. And then Vanuatu withdrew from the tournament. And so uh, that's four teams that have withdrawn for the tournament. It's now a lopsided three teams in one group, four teams in another group. They finish group stage on the 24th so this week. They finish the last three group stage games. And then they have to turn around and play a four-team bracket on the 27th and the 30th, all in Doha, Qatar. Now, all of these details are not going to be interesting if you're only concerned about results, because if the USA gets fourth, they're playing New Zealand. <laughs> Correct. <clears throat> uh, the other one I'll, I'll shout out to, is, which I think will be a really fun, interesting uh, set of matches, is uh, uh, CAF, the African Confederation. Uh, Egypt and Senegal are playing each other, um, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, and only one of those of those Only one of those teams to... gets to go through. <clears throat> yep, so that was an interesting draw. Um, so they play on Friday um, at 2.30, and then again on Tuesday the 29th uh also or they play at noon on tuesday the 29th so um if you don't watch african football it's it's quite fun uh the afcon uh tournament was it was a blast this year um and so yeah there's gonna be a a really great player who's not gonna be going to the world cup um on uh either senegal or egypt so Hmm. all right well that's yeah it should be two really good games so uh, all right, please uh, rate and review our podcast. Again, patreon.com slash the Daves I know. We're, get, except we're getting that watch party ready soon. Um, the soccer, ma- or, yeah. Uh, that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that. Um, follow us at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at Jessica 1440839 or two. We've been the Daves you know. This is the Daves. You know, be in agreement now, but we have got to try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, oh, yeah.
boys land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Son, son, son. Y'all know we can't do